Welcome. Tonight's program will dive deep into fringe knowledge of lost, hidden and suppressed truths about the nature of our reality. The decoding process can be uncomfortable and at times frightening. However, you are not alone on this journey of understanding. Welcome to the Shadow Bank Podcast and welcome home. Welcome back once again, Shadow Band Podcast. I know it's been like 10 days. I said this last episode, you guys are probably like, what the fuck, Jeff? You do this to us every time. I know it's supposed to be every week. It's been like 10 days. Whatever. Sue me, okay? Tonight, we're going to do something uh, a little different. I'm actually going to suspend my own disbeliefs a little bit here. Um, We got a man, Robert Earl White, on the show. He's going to talk to us about a bunch of crazy shit. Now, I know everybody's going to be like, Jeff, you think space is fake. That's only depending on the day you ask me. Today, I'm going to suspend that, and I'm going to say space is real, and we're going to get into the UFOs and the aliens and shit. But Robert, before we get too far into anything, take a couple minutes, man. Plug all your shit. Tell people who you are, what you do, where to find you, and then we'll get into some fun shit. Absolutely. My name's Robert Earl White. I'm a disclosure advocate. I live here in southern New Jersey. I've been doing a lot for the UFO extraterrestrial community with my series, We Are the Disclosure, on YouTube, where I am having everyday normal people, some names that are more well-known, and other people that have never shared their experiences. They don't have a social media website, anything like that, and they've kept their personal experience, all sorts of things. The paranormal, extraterrestrial, psychic abilities, uh, you know, seeing their relatives after they're gone, all sorts of these uh, phenomena that happen to people. And so many people are so afraid to talk about these things because of the ridicule and rejection. For example, talking about space being fake. You say that, you get a lot of ridicule and rejection, which forces people from not wanting to even talk about the possibility of maybe space isn't what we think it is. I think that's the conversation we need to be having at all times about all subjects, no doubt about it. But with that being said, a little bit about my background. I grew up here in South New Jersey. When I was around uh, 17 years old, I got heavily involved with the church, believe it or not. Um, I was actually raised to stay away from the church. I ended up getting involved. I went to Bible college, became an ordained pastor. I was in a Christian heavy metal band, signed to CI Records, touring with bands like August Burns Red, Texas in July, all these, so many different bands, touring all the time, CD in stores. Uh, after that, I lost all the things I loved at that time, my band, my church. I ended up living in the Middle East for two years. Uh, in Turkey, in the heart of Mesopotamia, where I studied Islam and the Quran and uh, ancient mysticism over there. And I was living in history that I couldn't comprehend uh, being an American coming from a place where a lot of our structures are only three, four hundred years old. So it, it was quite an amazing experience. 
And um, for me, what all led to this was, you know, my family had something truly remarkable happen to us. I was just about four years old back in 1991. And yes, something truly remarkable happened to us and it changed our lives forever. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit, but I'll let you interject a little bit. You know, um, I've done quite a few things already. I'm only 34 years old, so uh, I got quite a track record. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. I didn't know that you lived uh, in the Middle East. That's that's kind of cool. Uh, must have been totally fucking different. The culture blending there that couldn't imagine. I and I'd loved it. I can go to any small town city in that country. I'll have a place to stay. I've never been treated with more love and respect. And for the first time in my life as an American, I felt like I had freedom, freedom of speech. They don't care. Even curse words over there. It's a joke to them. Now, you say a curse word in their language, they might get offended. But, you know, like I, it was. I, I had so many freedoms and liberties as an American I've never had before. You know, in America, I'm just another number statistic. Over there, I was one of two Americans living in a city of two million people on the Black Sea. Ironically, during the time Russia invaded Crimea, like I lived right on the Black Sea. That was directly <laughs> north of me. So uh, it's just that interesting with all the stuff going on there. I'm like, man, that was going on in 2015 when I was living over there. But um, I never had any issues. And I, you know, I listened, I practice, you know, I've done Ramadan and things like that. I keep an open mind. I'm not a religious person, but um, I believe there is knowledge to be learned from all things. And if we can just focus on those positive things you know the alchemy the science the astrology the philosophy and we just consume all the knowledge we possibly can get we can make our own conclusion and go from there so it was quite an incredible experience uh been to gobeke tempe uh which is the oldest site in the world twelve thousand years old just to put things in perspective People within the religious community say that we've only been around 6,000 years. Well, <laughs> Gobeki Tempe throws that one out the roof. Uh, in Turkish, Gobeki Tempe means pot belly hill. All right, pot belly hill. And this site and structure, which is multiples, uh, eight to nine different circular structures that are almost like stone hinges, T-tops with all sorts of animals that we don't even know what those animals are on these stones as if it's some sort of arc. And it was deliberately buried in this area, which is the same uh, area where like people from the Bible, Abraham, those old, old characters, that's where they're from, a truly remarkable place. And just some of, you know, you got Egyptian history there. Cleopatra used to go to the beach. She had a place in Antalya. You got the city of Troy and Izmir. Constant, you know, Constantinople, Istanbul. Dude, I've never, whew, I was having, that's, I've never been in a city that large. And, oh man, I was having a panic attack. I've never, and being with those kind of drivers, they're not like American drivers, like a three lane road. 
is a five six lane road on like a bridge and i'm just like oh man but uh it, it was amazing i miss it a lot yeah that's crazy go back tepe too that's something i bring up i actually have an, another podcast um the infinite rabbit hole and we do more of like a documentary style podcast where somebody brings a presentation and you know breaks it all down and then we have discussions in between and you know i bring that place up all the time because like you said it it almost doubled the the time span that people were supposed to be building cities or monuments and shit right like and it would like you said it was buried purposely buried what 12,000 uh years ago so who knows how old it really is and i i use that a lot to kind of stress the fact that i think that there were I'm not gonna say more advanced than we are now civilizations in the past, but they could have been more advanced in the past. They were. Yeah. I mean, they, they were, they had, or we could say they had a better understanding of things. That's fair. Yeah. You know, yeah, did they have sure. iPhones? No, but did they know how to use frequencies and vibrations to levitate rocks? Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, definitely for sure. Yeah. That's and, really uh, cool. And and I just want to touch real quick. I know this is like totally off topic of the thing, but like going on tour with bands like August Burns Red, that's bad fucking ass. I love that band. That's the only time I listen to Christmas music when Christmas rolls around is their Christmas album. You know, like me too. It's the love- only Christmas album I listen yeah. to. <laughs> we we used to play the Christmas show with them. They oh, played our CD release show. We were on the same label. Um, and that's we were from the same area out in Pennsylvania. Our band was from Gettysburg. So there's a, you know, I, I went to Bible college out in Gettysburg. That's where my band was. So right there, there's a whole nother can of history. And uh, my band's name was I am history. <laughs> mm. How ironic. You guys got music <laughs> online. I might look that up. Uh, yeah. On iTunes. Uh, the band name is I am history. And the album name was visions. And, uh, our simplest song, which was everyone's favorite, which I don't understand it as a musician, you know, technicality and all that, you know, uh, sometimes it goes over people's heads. But our favorite song was King Tut. That was a very uh, popular one, no doubt about it. And, uh, yeah, that's it's... cool. I'll definitely check that out, man. I love good good metal, good music, I, everything. It doesn't have to be metal, but I am a metalhead, but. You know, oh, I play all genres, country, rap. Uh, when I was in the church, I was a worship pastor. So I was in like a super heavy metal band playing like super heavy breakdowns, techie stuff. And then come Sunday, I was in a church playing like hallelujah. Stuff. <laughs> it was it was it was wild. And then, uh, you know, but eventually I, I kind of evolved past all that, you know, Ironically, you know, as I was saying, you know, going back to that experience my family had when I was younger, that was one of the reasons I even remotely started to be interested in the Bible, reading about these crazy paranormal situations that happened in that book, situations where things were coming out of the sky and people were communicating with things that weren't necessarily human. And I've always been obsessed with history, always, my whole life. So uh, th- that book, that's kind of how I, I, I looked at it. And I I wasn't raised in the church. So by the time I got to read it, I wasn't already brainwashed. I kind of just saw what was there. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at it from a different kind of view. And ironically, 
the same reason that I started reading that book eventually became the reason why the church was like, uh, demon, you know, uh, because I had an experience with, uh, something, um, quite unbelievable. And, you know, some things are too much for people to comprehend, I guess. So, and that's what led to the whole Middle Eastern thing and had a great time in the band, no doubt. I got to play with so many big bands. Like uh, the last time we were on tour, Ice Nine Kills was touring with us. Nice. They're huge. They're, they, we were headlining sometimes. They were no different than us. They are mega big. August Burns Reds won Grammys. I'm like, man, I wish we would have kept on going. <laughs> we were on the right path. Should have oh, stayed in school, boys. <laughs> but, hey, uh, I'm doing what I'm doing now with my show. We are the Disclosure. Um, I'm working a lot. My big sister, Elena Danan, author. Um, she was an archaeologist in Egypt for many years as well. Uh, holy smokes. And uh, she's really been helping me. Um, I've made a few documentaries, things like that, on my family's experience that happened to us back in 1991 changed my life and my mother's life forever it was a lot and uh i did an interview with laura eisenhower president uh eisenhower's granddaughter and i got to share my family's story and eight days later my facebook got deleted by facebook so uh (laughs) um every time i start sharing my family's story which i've been doing for the past two years um Something happens. Shadow banning. Same thing happened on TikTok. And I posted a lot of crazy things on TikTok. Just I'm trolling people. Um, TikTok, I'm just doing it trolling. I'm messing with people. Right now, I'm just really promoting my series and stuff on my other accounts. I'm trolling people. I'm just trying to get people to talk versus me trying to get my two cents out there or what I think is. I rather play um, ignorant of something like I don't know put it out there and just get people to talk about it regardless of what they think it may be at least people are talking about it one of those situations and i've been doing a lot of stuff on there and for the most part it's all about my youtube yeah man yeah that and just so people know that's actually where i found robert was on tiktok i was I think I was taking a shit one day and I was floating through and I saw you live and, you know, saw you had Rico, the reptilian in the background. And, you know, like I was telling you earlier, you had the orange cabs. So I'm like, all right, let's watch this guy for a second. He's into some of the same shit I'm into. And then, you know, I jumped to the chat and here we are. But, um, so yeah, go find him on TikTok. I'll make sure I post all your links and shit too. So everybody. And Rico reptilian since the show's name is shadow band. All right. So my first account was my main account, 140,000 followers, whatever. And all the time I would just get censored. I was doing, uh, I started like something called it shedding season and just exposing draconian reptilians and lizard people, shapeshifters, whatever having fun hosing and exposing and you know i kind of had this character like based off the old like wwf characters i can't say that wwe characters uh you know like hulk hogan uh you know all those rowdy piper ultimate warrior oh yeah you know talking it's shedded season brother you know like that kind of using my screaming i was a screamer in my band so I use those things and my page will get censored a lot. 
But when I po started posting my UFO crash documentary on my uh, TikTok, they kicked me out the creator's fund and really slapped my page. And then I made a page where I said, you know what? I'm not going to do reptilians or nothing. I'm going to call it We Are the Disclosure. Cover Luis Elizondo, Pentagon, Congress, like top-notch, irrefutable, high-intel, military personnel um, to just really hammer it in. And the, I got a video. It, uh, it had um, uh, Paul Healier, the Canadian uh, Ministry of Defense. Mm -hmm. All right. Yep. It was an interview with him, and it got over a million views on that channel. Wait, you did well, an interview with him? Uh, no, I made oh, okay. I made a video, a, okay, a clip you, of him talking about these things and stuff right. like that. Um, I do have mutual friends that have done interviews with him. Uh, Hannibal. Yeah. Uh, Hannibal has a YouTube thing. Well, he passed away. Paul Helier oh. passed away uh, last year, unfortunately. R.I.P. But, um, yeah, so I was doing really good on that page. We are the disclosure. And I found a video of a UFO disabling a nuclear warhead. And that video was floating around. Uh, this video I'm talking about, I posted it on Facebook got 2 million views. All right. Just kind of put things in perspective. I had it on that TikTok page. We are the disclosure. Not only did I have the video of the UFO disabling the warhead, I had the guy that worked at Maelstrom Air Force Base on Larry King saying what he recorded. And he's on mainstream television back in the 90s and everyone's laughing and making fun of him. Now this video is actually out and leaked. And I put that along with him on Larry King describing word for word what's in this video. And that video got shut down because we're pulling in national security. You know, um, if if everyone knew that our nuclear weapons are pretty much useless and we're spending billions and billions for no reason for there to be things on this planet that can just zip by and deactivate them, uh, instantly is a very big issue for national security's sake so that video got taken down and like i said facebook got taken down that's one thing that again people have heard heard me say it before so i'm gonna kind of i'm gonna ask you about this because i'm under the belief that nukes aren't real what we think of as nukes don't exist do you think that that's the case or do you think that we have nukes as we're told you know as as we're taught what they are and that like i, I think that that's the i truth. think there's more going on with it okay. for sure and uh to kind of segue that in because what happened to my family back in 1991 in southern new jersey happened very close to a nuclear facility and i've been on my nuclear plant and let me tell you nuclear energy companies are no one to mess with. I'm talking about you have a better chance of messing with Biden or Trump than you do going after the energy sector. These are some um, serious, awful things I've heard from whistleblowers, things I haven't been able to share publicly, of them crumpling things and throwing it in the trash, firing entire teams because they witnessed something. Really, really dirty, dirty, dirty stuff in the energy, uh, you know, especially nuclear energy. They're, they're really, really dirty and very hush-lipped with everything. 
Yeah, not um, to mention that they've lobbied for laws to be passed. Like, I think there's a law that you, it's illegal to have a perpetual motion energy device or something like this, right? Like, there's been guys who have created, you know, f- basically free energy devices that have been thrown in prison or just straight up disappeared. And it's like, yeah, you know, talk and about all I this mean, climate change and this and that, but then we go back to the beginning. A Tesla man, yeah, you know. Uh, free energy, electric cars have been around long before a lot of other things, you know, um, it's just, you know, it's the energy sector. It's no joke. And, uh, yeah, so I guess I should talk about that. What led me to be so interested in extraterrestrials, UFOs, and this phenomena, all my research and history and this desire to understand everything and travel the world to try to learn as much as I can. It all started for me April 21st, 1991. Uh, it was a Sunday night at 10:18 p.m. I lived in a very uh, backwoods area here in southern New Jersey uh, near the Delaware Bay. If you go across like the river and the bay, uh, Delaware would be right on the other side. Uh, Dover would be right there on the other side. And we have a nuclear plant, the Sound County Nuclear Plant. And there's a creek that comes off of that nuclear plant. They built it on the creek. And that creek went directly behind my family's house. And there was a little bridge there, an old bridge with wood on the top and tar one car at a time, a little bridge going over that creek. And my family's house was right here. And my aunt lived directly next door to that house. And then we had a tree line in our backyard. And right over that tree line was that creek and that bridge right there. So 1018 at night, April 21st, 1991, my aunt next door was getting ready to go to bed. And she went to her bathroom, which was on the second story of her house. And she looked out her bathroom window. And above the tree line, she saw a very long-gated, long-gated black triangular object with three blue lights and a white light in the center of it silently hovering there, not moving, maybe a telephone pole or two telephone poles above the tree line. And before I get into what happened after this, I have documentation, I have evidence, I've uncovered a lot of different things, which I'll talk to about afterwards, but I have a lot of stuff. So before I go out there, I just want the public to know that this was on the Philadelphia news. Uh, MUFON covered this. Unsolved Mysteries came out to our house to show sightings. Like this was an actual ordeal, okay? So my aunt is watching this and she's wondering what it is. And I've obtained the articles saying that the cloud coverage was 1,200 foot. So this thing was low, all right? And it's right near a nuclear plant. No fly zone, right? So nothing should be flying near there to begin with. And this thing is completely silent, completely silent. So she runs to her bedroom. She picks up old landlines, 1991. We didn't have cell phones. Picks up her landline, calls my mother next door. My mom was watching a baseball game with two of her girlfriends. I was upstairs in my bedroom, you know, laying down. It was 10, 18 at night. It was my bedtime. 
my mom hears the phone ringing in the kitchen of the back of the house. My mother goes, she picks up the phone and my aunt says, Bethan, Bethan, look out the back window. There's something in the backyard. And my mother goes out the back window and she goes, oh my God, what is that? What is that? And then my mom's two girlfriends hear the commotion and they come running, screaming, what, what? At this point, I heard all the screaming and everyone run into the back of the house and my bed was up against the back window. So I just kind of stood up on my bed. I was a lot smaller, but I'm a, I'm six foot eight now. So um, I was tall enough to where I would, could be like there because of my bed being so high. And, you know, I was out there looking out the window and as we're all watching this, you know, my mother's on the phone with my aunt, her two girlfriends, I'm peeking at this thing. It's just sitting there, this elongated, not a perfect triangle, not a TR3B. Uh, it's Fuck, not a I perfect, was going to say the TR3B. And it's, just... it's, I, I've studied it because the TR3B, yeah. the counts of them being seen and in use, match mm -hmm. the time frame of my family's story, but it wasn't. Imagine a very large black helicopter because eventually that's what they covered the story up as, mm. which I'll get into that. But imagine something that shape, but with the three blue lights uh, in a triangular formation like that, very thin. The TR-3Bs are very boxy and perfect triangle. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it looks like something we would make, but... Right. When it moves and how it operates seems extraterrestrial, it's not. It's reverse engineered technology. I believe whatever the TR-3B is based off of, that technology was probably given to them by whatever you know these things were. And so we're watching this thing. And like I said, it was very long. It was very long, but triangular, very thin but about the length, and you have to keep in mind, people don't realize how big, big helicopters are when they're all the way up in the air. When they're that low near you, they look way bigger, dude. It's, it, it was, I, I've never really seen something like that that close, you know? It was quite insane. And so we're all watching this completely silent, just not moving an inch, no sound, no nothing. It was a light rain, the night of this incident and all of a sudden almost like all simultaneously uh red and orange sparks started shooting out of this thing and then there was some sort of ball of light or a light beam that came down onto the craft i it was so fast i i don't know what it was i don't know if it was a particle beam weapon i don't know if it was another kind of orb a light craft or energy. I don't know what it was, but something white and a ball or tube going so quick hit it. And during this time, and like I said, red and orange sparks, light comes and hits it all at once. But so many different things happen. I have to break it down. The center of it, that white light thing I was telling you, unlike any other white light I've ever seen in my life, mm -hmm. it sucked itself into itself like an implosion. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. It imploded in on itself. And the outskirts of the craft exploded like you would imagine a normal explosion, 150-yard trajectory, 350-yard trajectory explosion, to the point that when this happened, 
my family, we, we flinched because we thought debris just from the trajectory, we thought it was going to hit our house. It didn't hit our house, but watching it, you know, being that close, we honestly didn't know it scared us a little bit. And as this is all going on, the center of it's imploding, the outskirts of it's exploding. It just all simultaneously just shot directly, directly down to the ground. My mother, we screamed, oh, my God. My mother hung up the phone and she called 911. And what happened after that is known as the Lower Alloways Creek incident. Long story short, that night, a lot of things happened, including gentlemen from the Air Force and two gentlemen dressed in black suits coming to our house. This is 1991 before the movie Men in Black, all right? They came inside, a lot of weird stuff happened. They threatened my mother to the following day to report it as a helicopter. They told my mother that the following day, a lot of investigators would come out, UFO investigators, news agencies, which my mom didn't understand because she remained anonymous through this entire thing. When, uh, the, when all these other shows, when Philadelphia News, News Bay, all this, they remained anonymous. They did not use their name. So how Hollywood and all these people and MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, how all these people were contacting us, it came directly from the men in black. They, they create the story to push the narrative they want. And they threatened my mother. They said, if you don't say it was a helicopter, we will take your son away. And a lot of other things I don't want to get into. But a lot of other things happened while they were inside the house. Uh, questions they asked my mother. The Air Force gentleman did a brief regression therapy. And it was at that moment my mother realized that she was in contact with these beings. And the men in black uh, asked my mother, do you have any questions? And, you know, it was very revealing and uh, give you idea of how things went down very, very briefly. After my mother hung up the phone call, 10 minutes later, the police came, took an initial report, went to my aunt's house, did the same thing. 25 minutes later, we lived out in the middle of nowhere. That's when these two black cars pulled into the driveway. How they got there that quick, uh, who knows? But here's the thing. My aunt saw that thing hovering. We don't know how long that thing was hovering there for. That's just when my aunt noticed it. And the whole incident from my aunt seeing it to it going down was about five, six minutes long. That's it. And uh, so there's no telling. And I have reports that I've discovered from five years prior of Dover Air Force Base, the Coast Guard, which was involved, and the Lower Alloways Creek Fire Company, which is the town Lower Alloways Creek, uh, being involved in Dover Air Force Base, picking up things on their radar, being contacted. And, and the men in black got there 25 minutes later. Bunch of crazy things went down there. They ended up leaving. My family didn't leave the house the night of the incident. I had a lot of other people come forward after 30 years of not having evidence of this. I finally found evidence two years ago. Ironically, the same exact week that the Navy and Pentagon released the UIP footage. I found six pages of evidence on my family's case. There's no coincidence on that one. Uh, unfortunately, it was uh, 
two months after my mother passed away and my mother and I, with this experience, we, you know, suffered from it for a long time. At the actual crash, crash site, the Coast Guard were there because the Coast Guard, they patrolled the nuclear plant and the creek. They had a Coast Guard cutter boat there. Now, my cousin, that was the fire chief and a few, it was a big party spot back then. There was people hanging out at the fire hall Sunday night, getting on, ten, nothing else to do out there. So um, they they got a call. They went out to the bridge. And as they were approaching the bridge, which I also want to say, the bridge I was talking about, it was closed that night. The road was closed, and it's still closed today. It, it's, it's a wasteland. It's been closed since that night. And that's that's hard evidence right there. Why would they close it, you know? And so uh, the firefighters were approaching and being up on their trucks, there was a lot of foxtails, a lot of mud and marsh, really hard area to search for things. Uh, raining at 10 o'clock at night, you know, uh, out in the middle of nowhere, no street lights out there, anything like that. So they're, they're coming up and they see the Coast Guard cutter boat in the water. And as they're approaching, there's a Coast Guard uh, man standing in the road armed and he flags them down. And he's like, hey, you know, like, what's going on? And the Coast Guard said the situation is under control. And he ordered them to turn around. And that's what they did. They went back to the firehouse and they were chit-chatting with a few people that were there. You know, the EMS squad and all those guys saying, yo, something weird. When they were pulling up in the marsh, they saw a bunch of uh, gouges. They described them as gouges in the marshland. Very, very strange. Oh, here's kicker. No fire. No fire marks. That's super interesting, man. Dude. Um, Dude. I, I would love to, you know, like get, because I know before we started, you said you could go on for two, three hours with all the details and stuff. So I would love to you know, one day in the future, get you on my other show where we do the the longer form mm -hmm. documentary style and have you break it down for the other guys that are in that show too. That would be super sweet. Um, let me ask you this. Cause like, you know, I, I'm under the uh, assumption or belief, I guess that if, if somebody is abducted or has contact of some kind that usually following that is a my lab right? The military abductions. Do you think that maybe that craft was a military craft or do you think that that was another world <clears throat> craft, if you will? Well, um, without getting such a complex story, it's so hard to dabble in. <laughs> um, like I said, when the men in black were there, the gentlemen in the Air Force, the Air Force uses regression hypnosis to gain intel out of soldiers that have post-traumatic stress. If they need intel of a very traumatic um, uh, situation that a soldier went through and they need that intel, they actually use this to gain that intel. So they did a very brief regression hypnosis session on my mother. And in that moment in time, she, she unfortunately said a little bit too much, which led to the questions she a answered, you know, for the men in black and all of that. She gave them too much intel. When the men in black came there, they didn't ask. My family only let them in because we thought they were government officials and because we just saw some sort of aircraft 
that we didn't understand <laughs> completely silent you know we just let them in we didn't we didn't know anything about men in black there was no such thing not to our knowledge country you know farm folk so we let them in and not once did they ask what my family saw the very first question out of the men in black's mouth they sat my mom and her two girlfriends down they pulled out a pencil and a notepad and as they were holding the pencil they were holding it like not the way you or i would hold a pencil almost like they had no idea what this primitive tool was and they look at my mom and her two girlfriends and they say can you draw three kinds of extraterrestrials that was the first question to come out of their mouth after they came into our living room sat my mother and her two girlfriends down the first question can you draw three kinds of extraterrestrials my mom's two friends started laughing cracking up we were back you know back was religious but it just wasn't not that kind of people but uh, my mom wasn't laughing and my mom ended up drawing three different kinds of extraterrestrials and that's what led to this small regression therapy which she said a bunch more then my mom asked the men in black three questions i have to, to this is probably the most important part out of because the men in black really don't answer anything because you got to ask the right question and at this point they knew that my mother was just worried and concerned about me and my elderly grandfather and because they why did they come to our house to begin with how did they get there so quick they already knew that's the only way i could explain it they already knew that it has something to do with my mother so um after all this they go back after the small regression therapy they go back to the living room which they took my mom to a smaller private room to do the regression you know more quiet a uh, little upstairs room went back to the living room they asked my mom do you have any questions and keep in mind my mom's a little traumatized after seeing some sort of aircraft explode behind her house and for the first time in her life realizing that she's in contact with beings that she don't quite understand so it, it was a lot for her to process and the first question she asked the men in black are these things dangerous and my mother's questions completely describe her intent and she asked the men in black are these things dangerous the men in black said if they were dangerous do you think we would still be here <clears throat> okay valid point a uh, hard 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 to argue that one no doubt about it so the second question my mom had why don't people know about these things right these are simple logical questions and i think that's maybe why my mom got the responses she did and the men in black replied and this is 1991 all right they said then the next 10 years you will see signs of extraterrestrials and ufos and all sorts of media movies music books magazines etc my mom said okay makes sense and man trust me when my mom and i first saw the movie men in black you have no idea our reactions it, i guarantee you it wasn't like anyone else's it was her and i sitting on the couch and like they told us they would be doing this like the irony of it you know but um you know so that was that and the third question my mother asked after realizing that these beings were actually taking her and performing things on her and other encounters and 
interactions with all sorts of beings, not just one kind. And she asked the men in black, what would happen if something happened to my baby? She's talking about me at the time. I was three and a half years old, a little older than that, almost four years old. She said, what would happen if something happened to my baby or my elderly grandfather? And these beings have me on a craft somewhere and I'm not here to help them. What would happen if something happened to them? The men in black and this is huge because I've heard a lot of men in black cases and I've never heard them actually go this far with anything. They said they use small grays that stay behind. And if anything was to happen to your child or your grandfather, they would have you back. And the men in black went like that and like snapped their fingers in a very, just like how they were holding that pencil. Just something wasn't right about the snap. I know it sounds so stupid and like such a dumb little tiny detail, but other than that, they looked human. You know, they, they, they looked human, but they would just do things that were so freaking weird, dude. So like just something was off with them. And when they did that snap, it was like, oh, look, look, look at what we know how to do. We're just like you, you know, and my mom said, okay, I understand. And then Black said, do you have any other questions? My mom said, no. And that's when they threatened her saying that she don't report it as a helicopter, that they would take me and her son away. And the following day, as they planned, because they're the ones tipping off all the news stations, all the UFO investigators, all the big names in the UFO community, oh, they're the ones pulling the strings. And those people, I, I'm friends with people on MUFON. They're completely unaware of who's really pulling their strings. That's how deep they are in the CIA and FBI. They're all in cahoots with each other. So um, as they predicted, all these groups came out, and my mother played the script. Uh, she went on the Philadelphia News, and they were trying to you know, pass it off as a meteorite and things. Like that. And my mom said, I'm, quote, unquote, I have the articles. I'm willing to put my life on it. It was a helicopter. and. Why would my mom be willing to put her life on anything? It's protecting me, protecting me. And my mother played the script. The Mutual UFO Network came out, and um, they they covered a lot. They knew something was up because uh, I have all the reports called to the uh, local airports. I have all the conversations that were made to the military bases, transcripts. I have them them saying it wasn't ours and stuff, all, all but Dover Air Force Base. The Air Force Base that was actually involved, that's the only one I don't have the transcript for, which there's no coincidence there because the gentleman that was in our house was from that base because Dover, Delaware controls the nuclear plant because it's on the Delaware River, not McGuire Air Force Base in Fort Dix, which I have their phone transcripts, all the airports, no aircraft should have been flying there, nor were any uh, helicopters or aircraft reported missing at the time of the incident. And, you know, like going back to the firefighters, you know, when they got back, uh, two of the girls, they went out on shifts one after another in 15 minute intervals. And the one went and when she first went there, there was a tree cutting service and they were removing trees. And it's very important to note that because that goes along with a couple other stories as well. 
And then she goes back and then she's telling them and everyone's getting really fired up. Like what's going on? And the other girl, 15 minute interval, you know, she goes after a little while. And then at that point she saw a flatbed truck and they had black tarped objects. And as the firefighters were going up and they saw the Coast Guard boat, they saw black tarps that were laying on the marsh. And then before where the black tarps were, that's where they saw the gouges they were referencing to. So um, they had the whole site cleared within two hours. My mother was on the phone with four search and rescue helicopters in the area that flew throughout the entire night and the next day. The search and rescue helicopters didn't get there until about two in the morning. Uh, like I said, the crash happened at 1018. The firefighters got there around 1040, uh, 1040, and the Coast Guard already had it tarped. And then 1040 plus another 15 minutes, so say around 1110, 1120, they would have had that tree cutting service. Right around 12, they would have started removing it and trying to get it onto the flatbed. And they had it out before the search and rescue helicopters because my mother was on the phone with them all night long. It was um, uh, quite an ordeal and it really changed our lives and something so uh, mind blowing like that and not to be able to talk about it. And unfortunately, I saw my mom get the brunt of it, get made fun of, you know, with by friends at parties around the campfire. Someone would bring up like a Spielberg movie and my mom would start telling the story I learned when I was like six or seven that I need to keep my mouth shut about this. And then I, I was a pastor. <laughs> I wasn't going to talk about that. Uh, no, no way at all. So, um, yeah, it was tough. And I, I had close friends. I've been telling this story my my whole life. And I had a few friends that would come over. My mom and I, we would tell the story and have my good friends and they're this is crazy man you, you gotta have a movie you know and then we had some people that looked at us like you guys are absolutely crazy it's just it is what it is but um the point of this at the end of the day is you know yeah my mother one of the beings my mother drew she called them the tall whites and i believe they are the species that were in this craft and they are also known to work with the united states government this goes back to the tr3b being based off of technology that they gave to them uh you know not this quite exactly the same but the same compulsion idea and system um, but the tall white species, you know, um, my mother was in contact with a lot of different beings. She has simple names for them. The little gray, she called them Zetas. Um, she was in contact with these beautiful blue beings. She called them the blues. That's just what she called them. She called Nordics Nordics. She didn't call them Palladians, uh, Syrians, or Centaurians, nothing like that. Just Nordics. That's what they looked like to her. She didn't know how to describe it. Mantis and your large snakes, your draconians and reptilians, and she had her own little pet names for them all, and um, it it was a lot for her to deal with. But these tall whites, they were the ones that were doing a lot of the hybrid programs with my mother, and later on when Unsolved Mysteries and Sightings came out, they were doing these hypnosis regression therapies and pulling this stuff out, and um, that's where 
you know, it really started setting in to these beings. And the tall whites species, the Killy toe court, coming from the Vela star system. And they're gray extraterrestrials, very tall, but very, very light gray skin to the point where it's white. And that's them. And from what I've learned in my studying, intuition, and the men in black being there so quick, they're in cahoots with the government. No doubt about it. Yeah, that's wild, dude. Um, <clears throat> damn, that's crazy, dude. Yeah, I definitely want to get. I'm gonna watch your documentary. Is, is the document? I see it on your, your link here. I, I just made a new video. I just made a new video where I paraphrase everything, actually showing evidence I haven't shown before, crash debris, etc., all that, and. Uh, I have three other parts, but like I said, the first part of the documentary was when I found the articles and after 30 years and after just losing my mom and then the finally find the evidence and proof, I, I didn't, I've never made a video before or anything. I just whipped up a video. I painfully, I'm a lot better at narrating. I didn't know what I was doing, but I painfully read through all the articles word for word because i just wanted to i was so happy to finally have some proof i didn't have to dramatize it i just stood out near the crash said my piece and read only three pages of the articles i you know never play your aces and i just dropped uh at least one or two of my aces in my most recent video a ufo crashed behind my house and the men in black covered it up where I just made a short 18-minute video paraphrasing all of it at the crash site, showing you the nuclear plant, how close it is. I show you the physical articles and the transcripts with military bases and all that good stuff. Show little pieces of, uh, you know, little pieces of magnetized, magnetized debris that I found there, very interesting stuff. And I'm in the process of working with uh, a team uh, because I wanna find a really big piece. There's no way they got every single piece out of that mud within two hours, night with no street lights and raining. There's no way, impossible, I'm determined. I was gonna ask you that, have you gone and, and looked, but obviously you have, if you have found some pieces. Well, that's... It's, there's a lot of trash in the area, and because it's been closed, a lot of people use it as a fishing area, the bridge now, because it's been closed for so long. And uh, the the mud and the foxtails, like, you'll sink. You, you need, like, special gear and equipment to be able to really search these areas. But those pieces I found... Uh, last summer, I had this quirky idea because when I was a little kid, I would go on that bridge and I would smell the tar. It was uh, the whole top of the wood was covered on tar. And it hit me. And I said, if something exploded here and you have heated debris flying all around and it hit the tar, it could lodge itself, especially with the vehicles that were going in and out of there carrying the debris could have pressed it down into that tar. And last summer I was there and most of the tar is almost completely off the bridge and it was coming off more and more. I said, oh, let me take a look. And I had a magnet in my truck. And so I was just going around and I'm like, let me see if I can, you know, 
find anything. And a lot of it was just, you know, normal rocks or like a piece of tin metal or something like that. You know, I mean, normal debris, but there was a few things that I would describe as having, you know, what I call like that meteor, meteorite look, you know? Yeah, definitely doesn't see look it there. Like, uh, doesn't look like a manufactured. Uh, I don't know what the fuck word I'm looking for, but yeah, it looks. Yeah, and and the weird thing is with a lot of these, they're um, they're they're slats, you know. Um, mm. it seems like a bunch of little pieces put together. I have another, uh, larger piece, and when you look at its side, it seems like a bunch of thin pieces put together. But they're relatively small pieces. I want to find, you know, something a little bit, you know, more definite, I guess you could say. Have you had those pieces, like, tested by anybody to see, like, what the Um, the chemical makeup is or whatever that, you know? I have a good friend who works at a location that has American Standard testing, and I am going to send him – I have five pieces total. I'm gonna send the snickle frets, uh, the little pieces that I would be all right getting lost and not having them returned, uh, because some of the testing, in order to really test it, they gotta uh, really break it apart. <laughs> so uh, it's tough, and that's why I want to find a larger piece, and then I'm more willing. Uh, now I want to make this clear: there's a good possibility that may be a meteorite. Although it's the circumstances of knowing what happened there and some of the properties, I've taken an EMF detector, and those pieces give off a little EMF too, which is freaking hmm. strange, dude. Strange, strange, yeah, strange, strange. That a meteor, you'd have pieces of meteorite right in that same spot. It just seems. Which it, it could be. It, it could, it, be, it, it could yeah. be. It could be. And until I have it tested, but I'm I'm worried, and I've told a lot of the people I work with higher up in the UFO community, and they're like, "You hold on to that right now." You know what? Whether it is or isn't, you can say that. But it, if you give it away and you don't get it back, you don't have a meteorite, and you don't have UFO crash debris. You get right. nothing. So um, I'm just being patient, and I would really like a team to get out there and search the area with the appropriate, uh, you know, magnet fishing, uh, appropriate magnet detectors where you can go over these reeds and look into the mud, uh, get an aerial view. I just don't have the means of it, unfortunately. No doubt. Let me ask you this. Um, Project Bluebeam, it's one of my favorite conspiracies of all time. You know, uh, what do you think about Project Bluebeam? Do you think that there's a correlation with the government coming out saying that UAPs are real and all this shit and like some sort of seeding the the public mind with the idea that extraterrestrials are here. Do you think that that's a thing? It's all about narratives, my friend. Ronald Reagan, September 21st, 1987, one month after I was born, the UN meetings talked about how we could all come together if we were facing a universal threat an alien threat quote unquote it's all about the narratives and what is beneficial for the military complex for the exchange of technology and other 
um, advances and being able to learn how to weaponize and control it before releasing that information to the public. Um, you create the story, you control the narrative. Uh, therefore, there is, uh, you know, this project Bluebeam, and my biggest concern, more so than the government using their UFOs to trick people, look, you're being attacked. Mm -hmm. What I'm really concerned is that, especially because of people like Luis Elizondo and ATIP and all this talk of adversaries, adversaries, threats, threats, threats. My biggest concern with Project Bluebeam is that we will use a microwave EMP weapon against positive extraterrestrials of some sort or some other being with technology far superior to ours. We fire this weapon at them. They deflect it. It comes back, wipes out our entire electrical grid, and our government will blame it on them and they will have full control after things fall apart they'll step in to be the heroes even though they technically did it these beings were just defending themselves because you shot a microwave at them and they just you know reflected it a galian delectic right problem yeah solution that's that's i think that would be probably the plan that they could get away with the most because technically you know it would be coming from that direction back down the people don't need to know that we were the ones that sent that emp up there to try to take out this mother craft that was just coming in to check us out and say hello um but you know there's a lot of beings that are in cahoots with our military and they don't want other beings coming here and trying to liberate us human beings that's not good for business do you think not at all because you know i i hear a lot of people talk about how like all these whatever extraterrestrial race like they're here to help and all these things and like that sounds good and there was a time in my life where i believed that 100 percent, right but then there's the other maybe it's the, the black pill half of me where I'm like, no, they're fucking not, right? Now, I don't even necessarily think that these beings come from outer space. You know, I'm, I'm more... There's cryptos. There's well, cryptos. Yeah, yeah, you know, so, you know, I, I think that most of them come from inner Earth or hollow Earth or interdimensional mm-hmm. beings, things like that. Or maybe if you're a flat Earther, they're from beyond the ice wall, extra Terra, you know, the land... The, the, I don't know, but I don't necessarily think that they're here to help because if they're doing secret deals with the military industrial complex for technology and it's like, how's that helping? How, how is, and the prime directive of the galactic federation of worlds is non interference, Hmm. not giving technology to a society that is not spiritually ready on their spiritual evolution to have that technology. So any being that is exactly what you said, any being that's doing shady dealings, for technology, giving technology, not to us, the people, but to the people that are going to learn how to weaponize it and use it to control the people. No, that that's not a positive in, and good and bad is something loosely, but that's not positive intentions. And they are breaking rules and there are positive ones and there's negative ones. It's no different than us. There's good humans and bad humans. Unfortunately, 
the ones our military are working with, there has been positive ones that have came here and tried to help our military. And they said, drop your nuclear arms. And our military said, what are you going to do for us? We're going to give you this knowledge of saving your species and drop the nuclear. No, we're not working with you. Where a species of greys comes along, oh, we'll give you this technology and we'll help you learn how to splice genetics and things like that and create wormholes and things like that. And, you know, we'll, we'll do a little thing. You just allow us to go to mental institutions and prisons, abduct a few people so we can harvest their genetics. That was the original treaty in 1954. It was only a year after that where it wasn't just the species that made the treaty. It was all their little buddies. It was a Trojan horse. Roswell was a Trojan horse. It was a setup. Those beings were deliberately crashed here. They were just drones that only lived five years. Uh, they they were not like other greys that can live, you know, like a hundred plus years, if not more. Uh, those greys that were sent here in the Roswell ships, that was a Trojan horse to get their feet in there and to, you know, make these deals. And I agree with you on there. I think it's something nefarious. And unfortunately, the good ones have tried to get involved, but, you know, they they have nothing to give our military because a, a good being wouldn't give someone like our military technology to hurt people. It's, yeah. I mean... Completely. Question. The the queen, Queen Draconian herself, <laughs> alive or dead? What do you think? Uh, I I don't know. You know I, you've, you've heard this, right? This has been floating around a little bit in the uh, truth community that the queen's dead. Queen's been dead. Well, let's just say something of her still alive. Hmm. Right. So, Maybe so, something. Her she is. Her clone is her. There's something or another. Um, yeah, the clones maybe. Yeah, could be that. And uh, hmm. the royal family and everything. I have a very interesting uh, genealogy to the to the Tudors and stuff like that. It's it's interesting. I know it's definitely draconian bloodlines. Unfortunately, I I know it all too well, being a part of it. Um, but yeah, hosing and exposing. <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of uh royal monarchies by any means i don't think anybody really is my friend you know unless you're just totally brainwashed and those people do exist but mm -hmm. um what else was i going to ask you about fuck oh what one other thing too yeah, yeah. I, and i did a video on animal bird as you were talking about hollow earth mm -hmm. and some extraterrestrials being here there are extraterrestrials that have been here longer than we have to the point where they are actually more terrestrial than we are. We are right. more extraterrestrial and a new creation put here, and they've been there. And Admiral Byrd, I did a video on his expedition and his diary to the North Pole, and him going inside of Hollow Earth and meeting with species known as the Tolosi, these Nordic-looking beings. And they live alongside of a lot of other beings that are in hollow earth, uh, reptilians, different kind of – there's tons of different beings down there. Th these beings are more of the positive ones, and they gave Admiral Byrd the message, go back and stop with the atomic testings. That, that's what the message was, and they didn't listen. Admiral Byrd told them. Admiral Byrd was so honest compared to most military guys. If you watch his interviews – 
some of the things he says um truly uh mind blowing and I take his accounts very, very, very seriously, no doubt that, about it. Next, I think it was the next year after that was the sighting of the White House. Oh, oh the Hydro. White House. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Or maybe it was oh, like the yeah, nineteen forty seven. Nineteen forty seven. No, not was no, it? No, nineteen fifty two or fifty five when the forty seven was I think Roswell. Yeah, it was fifties. It was in the fifties. Yeah. yeah. There, there was seven seven UFOs that appeared right over the White House. Wow, that is incredible. Yeah, it's wild, man. Well, fuck, dude. I mean, dude, honestly, like, I feel like I could talk to you for fucking hours about all this shit, you know? Um, <laughs> we're already at an hour, and that's how I know it, it's a good episode, because, like, I looked at the thing, and I was like, holy shit, it's been a fucking hour already. Like, <laughs> flies by. Um, but, yeah, I definitely want to get you back on here at some point. I, I try to space guests out so that it's not just, like, repetitive, so maybe in, like, a month or two get you back yeah. on the show but i definitely want to get you on my other show so that we can sit down for like two hours and really get in to the site step by step just yeah. as it happened and yeah. it just takes that long and i know it was kind of scatter minded it's just it's one of those situations where it's really really hard to just say one part of it without the rest of it when you hear it and, and there was just too many little tiny things going on because you know, when these things actually happen, there should be a lot of minuscule little details when it's something in your life, you know, and it, it, there's a lot of layers to it. And it wasn't just a one night event like, the, you know, these things kept on going. I've had personal experiences and things like that. I see UFOs all the time. I record them on my phone. I've been on TikTok Live and recorded a UFO on TikTok Live and pointing my laser at it and everything. And that was wild. Um, I, I like to do a lot of that and just showing people like, hey, look up 10 minutes a night. That's why I tell people, dude, you'll see something. Look at the sky, man. I tell people this too, you know, look at the sky. That There's one thing that the parasite class does not want us to do and that's look at the sky whether you're looking for ufos or doing some form of sun gazing or whatever or looking at chemtrails who the fuck knows but like they don't want you to look at the sky so go look at the fucking sky right cool. well that's my my last tiktok i posted i i record chemtrail planes a lot because i always find them interesting because they have no markings on them i got a brand new iphone 13 pro max super zoom super high k 60 things i zoomed in on it and uh i recorded one plane and you see both the wings spraying its chems all silver it looks like just aluminum box up there I'm, all right and another one two minutes after and it's directly over me i'm recording it. i'm like why don't that plane have a wing it only I has one wing yeah the one winged yeah i did see that yeah and here's yeah. the thing a lot of people are saying oh the wings in the shadow I have another, and I have them timestamped. I have another plane directly two minutes before that one flying above me, and you see, but you see how big that wing is. I, I can understand reflection and a little shadow, but there should be some sort of faint outline. The quality is so good on the, and you know, people are so like on quality because they've never recorded an airplane day or night zoomed in. Everyone complains about UFO quality and they just, they haven't tried it for themselves. If you know, no matter what you're recording all the Dude. way zoomed in, 
it's hard, especially when you're recording stuff that you can't quite get in focus because you don't know distance and things like that. Like I live freaking five miles from NASA, right? So this morning, SpaceX or FakeX, as I like to call them, did a launch, right? So I'm up at 530 in the morning. I'm outside. I, it's on my TikTok. And you and I filmed the whole thing on my <laughs> Pro Max, where, right? And uh, where where at? Where do you live, Pup? In Florida, Space Coast. Dude, that's where. Oh, dude, uh, what well, we're gonna have to after we end this, we're gonna have to have a conversation. You're not yeah, gonna we'll, believe it, bro. We'll, we'll, we'll for talk for about real. It. But yeah, like you know, I'm filming the rocket. Go My dad up. works for him. Well, I'll say that. Go. And I, Cape Canaveral, the Cape I and Coco people that that work. You know, <laughs> most of them are contractors. I, I don't know anybody Same. personally that works yep. there, but you know, yep. off but record yeah, conversation. Yeah, it's hard to get good videos of stuff, man. You know, and like that's something being right next to NASA. I see chemtrails all the time because they the NASA quote the sky is our laboratory. They're spraying shit all the fucking time. Mm -hmm. So like. That's what I do. I go on TikTok, right? Now, I've had a couple of my accounts nuked, thousands of followers nuked. I'm starting over. I got less than 100 followers on TikTok now. Um, that's what I do. I jump into lives. First thing I say, chemtrails are real. People are like, no, they're mm -hmm. fucking not. Here's a patent. And it's like, yeah. I've, I've had so many people look it up live on the Arsenic, stream. aluminum. Oh, yeah. So that's many crazy. nasty metals. Yeah. Yep. And it's funny, Cape Canaveral, one last thing to validate some of the stuff you're seeing around there. My dad, my girlfriend, we were in uh, Coco. We were sitting at a restaurant, and the island over, uh, off to the left, you saw the NASA Space Assembly building, the big white square, and then directly straight would have been Cape Canaveral Air Force Base. And we're sitting there, and my girlfriend goes, what's that? What's that? And there's an orange light out the water going straight up, dude. And she's, what's that? And we're looking at it, and by that time my dad and i were seeing it and we are laughing because we knew it was one of ours and it goes up and then it just stops complete right angle turn just like straight up which you've seen the rocket launches i we've seen tons of them uh it's arched it, it goes on an angle right. whatever this thing was just a straight up and we were laughing saying that was military and two minutes afterwards we saw a white light ship a ball of light coming scooting they're like now that one's not ours you know it's just uh interesting a very active area and um so much weird shit out here maybe dude. next time we'll we'll have to talk about that uh i have a lot to fill you in a lot to fill you in on but off camera can't don't want my father to lose his job so <laughs> for, sure, for sure he retires uh this year so uh, oh, you got to get that pension bro gotta get it yeah man. Man. made it this far you know what i'm saying don't fuck it up for him now <laughs> and, and, and then you know that then we can whistle blow yeah so sure, uh man. yeah well, that's fuck, awesome dude. yeah we'll we'll definitely talk after the, we uh end this recording but take take a minute or two here um tell people like where they can find you, you know your youtube channel mm -hmm. tiktok whatever get you know plug all your shit i want to make sure people know where they can find you and all your shit yeah so my youtube channel is robert earl white order of light if you type in robert earl white you'll find it and the same thing on you uh tiktok it's order of light 777 if you type in robert earl white or order of light it will pop up uh, I have a bunch of other uh, TikToks. Rico Reptilian, from all the censorship of me being banned, 
for talking about reptilians. I created a reptilian puppet so it gets around the algorithms. They can't take me down because he is a reptilian. Therefore, he's allowed to call people reptilian. He identifies as a reptilian, bro. He identifies <laughs> as a draconian reptilian. He drinks Drano. He yells at shed-in season. He pounds Drano. He gets drunk, and he tells people off. He says – like he did a video on Vagimir Pustin. He calls uh, Vladimir Putin – he calls him Vagimir Pustin. Uh, he makes fun of Camilla Harris and Biden. All the people that cancel culture shuts down, Rico goes after all of it. No one's safe. He makes fun of Biden, Trump, everyone. Everyone's a reptilian to Rico reptilian. So he's he's shedding all over the place. You know, he came here to do two things, chew bubblegum and shed reptilians. And he's all out of bubblegum. It's shedding season. Yeah. That's so awesome, dude. I, I love it. I love culture jamming stuff, but yeah, keep going, keep going. Yeah, and uh, yeah, my main thing is the YouTube, and on the YouTube account, you can find uh, my UFO crash story, all the videos I've done, the interview I did about that with Elena Danan and Laura Eisenhower, um, going over it and adding additional information, along with the three parts of the UFO crash story, and my newest video, a UFO crash behind my the house and the men in black covered it up it's my newest video that if you're unfamiliar uh my production and it's way better it's probably one of the most professional videos i've ever made um i actually at the moment there's a few people that are checking out the video i i, I can't talk about it but i'm really really excited about it i'm really looking forward to hearing um their feedback on it but uh, I, I really expose some of the things that are going on in the disclosure. You know, I call out the government and I'm demanding uh, some sort of accountability for all the lives they destroyed. Uh, professors that got kicked out of university, pilots that lost their license, uh, many other people that have suffered for a false sense of national security. I call them out and I plan on holding the United States government accountable, which uh, Accountability is something that will have you found in a ditch somewhere. So if you're not protected, and I am protected, I'm not worried about it. There's a reason that UFO crashed behind my house. If they can take that down, I don't got nothing to worry about. So uh, bring it on, men in black. You know where I am. You know who I am. <laughs> bring yeah. it on. We are the disclosure, and that's the name of my YouTube show. We are the disclosure on YouTube. Every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, posting new episodes of people sharing their experiences. That's what it's all about. So Robert Earl White on YouTube and on TikTok, Order of Light 777. So, yeah, awesome. And for all the lazy fucks out there, you can go to direct.me slash order of light. And there's a bunch of links here to the YouTube, to the fucking merch, which you got some sick merch. I'm not going to lie. I'm probably going to pick up a shirt or two. I like the shedding season hoodie it's shedding season hoodie that shit is awesome and i also like the uh humans aren't real tea so i'm probably gonna grab yeah. both of those because those are fucking awesome Except funny me, thing everything's not real so humans aren't real it's like right yeah <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing about the shedding season and rico i had to take it off of my youtube and apparently someone's been trolling and trying to like report the shedding season shirt with mark zuckerberg queen of england george bush 
and even the Rico reptilian, which I, I don't see why people would have a fit with it. But um, I actually just I had a bunch of my merchandise after posting my UFO thing. A bunch of my merchandise just completely disappeared, things that aren't reptilian. And I just had to redo my whole merch store. I just dropped the Merkaba shirt uh, today and a few other things. But um, yeah, the Rico shirt has him on the front of it and Drano on the back. It says it's shed in season and the Enter the Dragon font. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, that's and, uh, sick. I like that too. We got the We Are the Disclosure and I got the UFO Crash shirt. Uh, the Lower Alloways Creek and on the back it has Men in Black says Crickers Keep Secrets. So we're, we're known as Crick people. Uh, we, we're called Crickers. So uh, Crickers Keep Secrets except I don't because I'm telling the whole world. <laughs> yeah. Oxymora. But thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I'll make Direct sure the links... link. Yeah, for sure. The, I'll put the direct link. I'll put all, all the links in the in the shit because the people are lazy. They won't fucking. Yeah. Shit well, that's the good thing about direct me. It's it's all the tick. It's all of it and one. That's why I use it. It take takes up less space in descriptions. You know. For sure. For sure. Well, shit, man, Robert, dude, listen, this was awesome, man. Like I said, we'll definitely get you back on here whenever you're free in the next month or two, and and we'll try to set something up for the other show so we can really get into it deep and. Maybe we'll even come do a, a field trip up there with you and look around for some fucking debris one day. You know, we're trying to set that up on the other show. So, uh, yeah, man, it's been fun. It's been real. If you got any final thoughts or words, man, now's the time. A lot of people out there have seen a lot of uh, incredible things. And right now is the time for people to share their experiences. Although it may seem like a one-off thing to you, I've learned through my series, We Are the Disclosure, allowing people to share their stories. It's amazing how many others connect to it. And I'm starting to learn that we all have a little piece of the puzzle. And the only way that we all understand the bigger picture is by sitting back and listening to people's experiences, not questioning it, not downplaying it, just listening and trying to put these things together. And that's how we start to learn the bigger picture of what's going on because a lot of us seeing is believing but for now listening helps a lot too so we gotta listen keep our eyes open and try obtain and as much knowledge as we possibly can and be understanding of one another so we can get to the bottom of what's going on because at the end of the day i'm sure you agree and everyone listening the more you learn the less you know and trust me when I say, I don't know anything. I know absolutely nothing. And that's what makes me so hungry to just keep searching and searching and searching. So we are the disclosure. We're not waiting for the government to tell us what we already know. We're making it happen. We are the disclosure. Robert Earl White, Order of Light. Boom. Boom. You heard it here, folks. Well, everybody appreciate you listening hope you enjoyed it make sure you find robert on all his shit i'm going to grab a shirt hopefully you guys grab a shirt and that's it so i'll try to get the next episode out for all you fucking nerds before 10 days goes by no promises actually i can promise you because next episode i actually got david weiss coming on the show with another tiktoker that i've come across so we're gonna do like a flat earth episode I know everybody hates Flat Earth, but we're doing it. 
And uh, that's it. That's all I got for this one. So we'll see you fucks on the next one. Bye.